Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 126 with Jennifer McMahon, uh, who actually works at the high school level, uh, working with her students there to uh, get them all prepared and ready to go to college uh, or not. Uh, We discuss all of that, all the work that she does to help support her students and uh, figure out the best ways to go to college, figure out the best college, the best major, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, just thought it would be uh, relevant and helpful uh, as we're starting the school year, uh, getting an idea of where these students are at uh, when they're coming from high school, uh, and just get some insights and uh, advice that way from someone who is directly working with them as she uh, hands those students off to us. So uh, Jennifer is great. She does a lot of great other things. Uh, I uh, uh, was really uh, surprised uh, pleasantly by all the stuff that she's involved in, so definitely check her out online. And I appreciate Jennifer taking time out for this uh, episode here. Uh, and without further ado, this is episode number 126 with Jennifer McMahon. Yeah, and I appreciate you making... Uh, Making time for this because I guess yeah you're saying like uh, it's the first couple of weeks of the school year for you, right? And today's the last day for ad drop, so oh boy, students are coming in frantically, <laughs> you know, trying to drop that last class. But sure, I don't let them. Yeah. I'm a mean counselor. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, they, yeah, it's like because uh, I've started to get into a lot more of that stuff that I've ever had before. Um, yeah, yeah, most people are just like, get me out of here. Like, it's too hard. But it's just like, well, you wanted to take it for a reason, or you probably do need to take it eventually. Like, why not now, right. you know? Exactly. Um, so it takes a little encouragement, and, and then they walk away saying, okay, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, this this whole podcast episode, I'm really glad we're going to have this opportunity because it's kind of branching us out in a little, uh, little bit of a different way that's still relevant to uh, our audience of higher education uh, professionals. So because yes. um, obviously they're coming to us from high school that, uh, you know, experience is influential on them to, you know, when they arrive uh, on campus. So um, yeah, we'll start out here. Uh, uh, you know, if you just want to give an introduction of yourself, how you got to be where you are today, maybe just kind of try to capture, um, since again, it'd probably be very foreign uh, for the most part to some of our listeners, like sort of what, what you do in a typical day, if there is even kind of a typical day for you. So um, I'm Jennifer McMahon, um, a high school guidance counselor. I've been um, a guidance counselor for 15 years. Um, So I started off my undergrad education at the University of Rhode Island. I majored in communication. Um, From there, I went to UMass Boston um, for a Master of Education in School Counseling. Um, So that's how I got my background to do what I do. Um, And I work at Ashland High School um, in Massachusetts. We have um, about a 95% rate of students who go to college from here. Um, So we're very much a college prep high school. Um, So also I'm a mother of four. I have four teenagers. Mm -hmm. Two of them are in college. So I'm actually living the life of what I actually counsel kids (laughs) and families about. uh, So that helps. Um, also, I'm a yoga teacher, and I bring the yoga into the school. I teach classes to the phys ed students, um, and I also have a faculty class. So, you know, anxiety and stress are a huge situation that we deal with here at the high school with our students um, and our faculty. So um, the yoga is kind of a big piece of working with that. 
Um, also, I, um, I'm an author. I'm a writer. I have my first novel coming out in June 2017 through a press in New York City. So I'm excited about that. So that's young adult fiction. Um, so that's, that's my background, what I do. Um, but my main every day is spent um, as a guidance counselor. So a typical work day, um, my door's wide open, so I never know what's going to walk through the door, um, and it's constant. It's a revolving door. Um, we have a very spe specific curriculum that we work with with um, our students. So grades 9, 10, 11, 12, we have seminars. So our ninth graders have six seminars with their guidance counselor in a classroom setting, um, and our curriculum covers anything from transition to the high school, um, to how to manage stress, um, to begin some career exploration. Um, our 10th grade seminars, again, we have six more group meetings with those students. Um, we really focus on career exploration at that point. Um, when we move into junior year, again, six classes, and that's all about developing the college list. Uh, we do have a percentage of students who are not college bound, so we also work very closely with them on trade education, um, post-grad opportunities, internships, job shadowing, military, um, so we do have a, a full gamut of options for those students as well. And of course, by senior year, we just start meeting the kids constantly in September. Um, our seminars are focused on the Common App, um, how to report SAT scores, how to write that essay, things like that. So, so that's sort of our standard um, guidance seminar curriculum. Um, but then we're also social emotional counselors. And so we have the students who come in um, who really need a quick band-aid on um, whatever their situation might be so that we can get them back to class to learn. Um, and then many times um, some of those students require higher level of referral. Um, so we do have some more social emotional support personnel in the school um, who will take it to the next level. Hmm. Well, uh, first things first. I gotta say, you're like a renaissance boy. All these other things that you do, in addition to like the great work that you're doing with your students every day, that is just super cool. Mm -hmm. So, uh, tip of the hat for that. Uh, and secondly, uh, it's really cool to hear just sort of like, I guess in in your environment, like the uh, it seems very hands on and just uh, you know just uh, I guess it being maybe like a little bit more focused on kind of college prep and stuff, but. Mm -hmm. um, all good things that I think, you know, uh, high school students should be learning about and getting prepared for whether they are going to college or not and kind of, you know, uh, kind of supporting them either way. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it seems really cool. And you're just kind of like multi-tool kind of thing of like, you know, whether it's, you know, somebody comes in and just wants to talk, wants to talk about college or not college, which college, like you kind of just, you know, can uh, get yourself uh, set and ready to help uh, with whatever they might need. So uh, mm -hmm. very cool. Uh, and uh, so you're working with uh, students every day, you know, students who are getting ready uh, to go to college, you know, at various states in that journey, um, you know, preparation. So what are the things, you know, you noted a little bit of uh, anxiety and stress and things that you're trying to help with in different ways. Uh, <laughs> what is on the minds of these students who are deciding to go to college? Like, what are they thinking about? What's important to them? Or what, what are they worrying about? I guess what, what comes, kind of comes <laughs> to your mind uh, anecdotally from what you've seen? Yeah. Um, some of the main questions that they come in about um, is major. Um, what major to choose? They want to try to get it right the first time so they make the right college choice and don't need to transfer to another school if they change majors. <clears throat> so we do a lot of 
preparation on helping the students. They take many assessments, um, Myers-Briggs, Holland Scales, um, to help hone what their skills are and their interests to make sure they find something they're good at but something they also like. You know, perfect combination for a career. <clears throat> so we do a lot of work on that because choosing a major does seem very important to these students. They want to make the right choice before they launch. Um, Another factor, though, that is really heavy on the minds of the students, um, and certainly the parents, is finances. The cost of college, um, we all know that that's rising. We all know that student debt is a national crisis. So we definitely counsel our students on making careful choices on the college they choose, the financial package they receive. Um, they're working toward an undergraduate degree. We want to make sure that they still have funding um, potential for higher education as well. So the finances are really a big piece that are driving a lot of the decisions right now. Um, so more pressure is hitting the students on the standardized tests. There's always pressure around the SAT, the ACT, what if I don't test well on time tests, or what if I don't get the score I want. So we do a lot of counseling around that, the SAT versus the ACT, or looking for colleges that don't require those admissions tests, um, because that number is growing as well. Um, I think also the level of competition um, of getting into these universities, there's a lot of peer pressure, there's a lot of family pressure um, on getting into name brand schools, um, but the level of competition, even for UMass Amherst, which we consider our flagship public university, um, the standards are rising quickly, and students who thought UMass Amherst was a comfortable college on their list is no longer. So that is sort of causing a big upheaval in the community right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because we actually just did an episode on uh, college affordability, and it, it, there's right. so much that just goes into that uh, aspect of it. Of uh, you know, uh, yeah, how much you know if you're using financial aid, how much are you taking out? Are you going to have any left, like you said, for uh, further education? And you know, what is your major? What are career prospects for that? And like, kind of making all those sort of calculations and. Um, because, yeah, you, you want to make sure that the student's choosing the right school, the right major, so that, you know, even if they do have to take out loans, which, you know, often is less than ideal, that, you know, they're mm -hmm. completing and getting something for that investment. Uh, yeah. That was, like, a big thing, a big takeaway from the college affordability thing is that, like, not necessarily a bad thing that students are taking out loans. The worst part is, you know, them not getting something for it because, like, yeah, more students are able to go to college with, the you know, that supplemental mm -hmm. funding and stuff. But, you know, yeah, like someone like you is trying to help them make sure that they are going to be in a good environment and have a good major and, you know, are uh, kind of assessing all of the risks and gathering all the information and uh, not... Uh, yeah, because right. I think right. uh, being pressured into something because of like peer pressure or compare or like, oh, I want to get in that cool school that everyone, yeah, you know, like mm -hmm. name brand school. And it's like, well, you know, let's maybe mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit. So, right. Um, yeah. Sometimes during the application process, they are throwing a lot of the name brand schools on there. But the trend I see is they are looking back to their state university um, as their ultimate goal. So once reality sets in, I think, and that happens when those financial aid packages are spread across the dining room table, and that's when the decision uh, really is UMass Amherst or Bridgewater State or UMass Dartmouth, UMass Lowell, um, and they turn out to be really sound decisions. What we really want to emphasize with our students is return on investment. So they're 
making one of the largest investments of their lives. Um, we They're buying a product. So essentially, their degree is a product. And when they're buying that product, we want to make sure they get the return. So we talk about the cost. We talk about their major because the type of school they go to, their major can influence uh, their career opportunities. So we definitely are educating our students to realize what kind of job will your major lead to and will you get a return on your investment. So we do spend a lot of time making sure they're thinking ahead on that um, and choosing a major that can lead to a career. Um, there are some uh, majors that aren't specifically career majors. They're more follow your passion, follow your interest, and see what happens after that. Um, and we do try to help the students make sure they're selecting career majors. So when they graduate, they have specific skills and can apply to specific jobs that require that knowledge. Mm -hmm. So that kind of guidance seems to be helping these students a lot because these are ideas that they're just not thinking about at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know it, it's not something that's probably, you know, they don't, uh, like high school students don't have that awareness, but like, I know a lot mm -hmm. of the research after having gone through like a higher ed, uh, master's program, it's like, it really does matter less where you go. It's just that you go to college mm -hmm. at all. And like what you do mm -hmm. while you're there and just making sure that you finish. But, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's good, you know, having someone like you, uh, you know, that helps through that process and making sure that they are thinking about it. Because, yeah, I, you're just mm -hmm. saying it in that way. Like, I don't think that I thought about it that way when I was younger of like, this really is one of the biggest investments of your life. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's up there with like, you know, uh, I mean, I, I feel like top five, it's like house, car, college, you know, right. like all those things where it's like, you should right. put a good amount of thought into it because like, you're going to be mm -hmm. stuck with it for a while it's gonna you know kind of follow you around so mm -hmm. um, definitely yeah uh, uh, cool yeah and I think um, uh, yeah I think uh, like you're saying too it, it you know you have to kind of have the end end goal in mind uh, of you know you choose a major and you choose a school and those sort of things because um, I think you know like uh, because we talked about in the affordability episode, like, you know, English majors get a lot of flack because it's like not necessarily like a great career oriented major, but like as long as someone's okay with that and that's if that's really what they want to do, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, let's just make sure you're not going to, you know, a super expensive school or to get that English major, you know, like try and mitigate exactly. those things or, you know. Uh, right. And be prepared that. to get a master's degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, like really flesh that out or just be like, you know, uh, you know, talk about it more and, um yeah, because I was a history major, and I, I really appreciate that, but the career options for that are very limited. But, you know, it, it gave me a lot, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to, to get something without a, you know, a master's. But, um, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, you, you have a little bit more insight on this than I do. You know, why do you think, you know, what what's making students feel that pressure? Like, you know, you, you said when they kind of, brainstorm you know the places that they're interested in at the beginning you know why do those name brands because obviously i guess that's what they've cultivated you know uh, to be name branded schools sort of thing the ivies and all those sort of things you know mm -hmm. what are the causes of some of these feelings that students are having about you know what they want to major and where they want to go and those sort of things like i guess i'm wondering what kind of like 
is filtering through to high school students today about college and what they think about it and where they want to get like where do you what do you think of the cause of some of the feelings that they have you, you mentioned like peer pressure and feeling right. pressure and those sort of things i guess anything else that maybe you'd want to zero in on yeah no the peer pressure and family pressure are definitely number one i see that play into their college list every time um, but i always keep that clarity of adding a few extra colleges in there just so they have the safety nets and i find that they use those safety nets pretty often um, so they're also i have to say they're learning a lot in our seminars um, the way our high school does it is we do it in groups um, so we hit every student with exactly the same information i think in the past in guidance the structure was who's the best self-advocate they get into guidance they get the information who has the parents who are the best advocates they get the information what about all the other kids so we've removed that and now we make sure every kid gets exactly the same information so our students are well informed and we keep a lot of assessments we track them for the four years they have a full four-year portfolio and guidance um, and I think all that research by the time they get to junior and senior year they're well informed and that's how they start to make their choices now the percentage of who changes their major is still very high um, that's normal but at least they know they've done the research and they have an idea if they're a liberal arts kid or a math and science kid so that at least they've got the information to start from that point. Um, also, um, again, it's the cost. So cost of college is definitely driving a lot of the decisions. Um, I find myself counseling families who say we're just looking at the state schools for the in-state tuition. And so I, I definitely support them in knowing also to apply to those private universities that you're interested in because oftentimes their financial aid package can be stronger than what a state university can offer and it might actually bring the tuition down very close to what the state you would be. Um, so we make sure they kind of throw their net at everything. Um, usually six to eight colleges is what we recommend for applications. And then once they get all the information, that's when they can make their decisions. But we always want to make sure they have choices. Um, and then we help them, you know, narrow those choices down if, if they need the additional support with that. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I guess something, because um, I, I was going to ask about some other stuff, but I'm, I'm kind of interested now, I guess, to get more towards like, you know, our uh, higher ed student affairs professionals and what they can do and I guess what you're seeing now. So uh, again, it's just been so long since I was in high school, not I mean, yeah. as long as others, but long enough. I, I, so my my high school wasn't necessarily like college prep. Uh, so maybe that was a difference. I don't uh, recall like a lot of presence of like, uh, you know, colleges coming to, uh, you know, network or, you know, do anything like that or just sort mm -hmm. of present themselves. Uh, do you have a lot of that or is it a lot of like you kind of conveying the information? I guess just that's a very simple question. I'm just very curious. Do you have a lot of like presence of colleges at your school, like people kind of coming to you? And I don't know if, if they don't, would you feel like that'd be useful? Yeah, well, we have two college fairs uh, each year for juniors and seniors, so um, at least 150 colleges come, oh, wow. and we allow the students an hour to, you know, walk through, talk to every college. The counselors are present, so we follow our kids, we grab the ones we know may not be good self-advocates, bring them to the schools we think they like, so they do have that direct exposure to college admissions representatives um, for every college around the Northeast, but also we get a lot from around the nation as well. Um, so I think the college fairs are great. 
we used to have college reps come um, and sit in guidance. Students could come out of class and visit one-to-one -one that way. Um, but unfortunately, the pressure and the crunch of time on learning, um, we just can't afford to have the kids losing class time anymore. So we realized um, the college fairs would be a better way to kind of hit it. Um, so we offer two in the year. Parents are invited to come to that as well. Um, and then we also have a career fair that comes, and we have many local professionals um, as well as colleges who come to that. Students and families come to that to be exposed to different career opportunities, speak with people in different fields. Um, so we do it in that approach. So again, every student has the opportunity to be exposed to it. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, so we'll be, uh, before I get, I guess, too far down here, I, I will acknowledge like a, cause you, you've covered it pretty well already. I guess that's why I'm sort of thinking ahead and mm -hmm. kind of jumping ahead here of like the students who, uh, decide not to go to college. Cause I think some, some, uh, you know, higher ed professionals realize, you know, students get to them where they did, uh, you know, put too much pressure on themselves and they don't need to go to college for the things that they want to do, or they don't need to be at a four year. They could go to a two year. Um, mm -hmm. so it sounds like, you know, with the career fairs and you know, like the different tracks that you have of, you know, supporting students that you do a fair amount to, uh, kind of put that on equal footing because I think uh, mm -hmm. people say like I don't know if I want to go to college they would feel less than where it's really not mm -hmm. it's just a different path but again just society right. and you know just how we view things but uh, it sounds like you do have a lot of different opportunities at least in your school there of uh, you know providing opportunities for students to uh, you know vet all their options and things even if uh, college you know, they don't think it's going to be for them. Right, we do. And we know there's a percentage of kids who won't be going to college. We still present them all the material just in case they change their mind or a couple years after graduation if they decide then to go, they'll still have all the knowledge that they need to begin their research. But um, we do have military presence here. Um, all different branches of the military come. They park right outside of the cafeteria so students have full access to talk um, and find out a little bit more about military military options. That often leads to students who start asking about ROTC on college campus. So we like that. Um, we've had more and more students um, enrolling in our ROTC on campus. Um, and so we are seeing a trend moving more that way. Um, also, we really encourage students who are not college bound to consider some internship opportunities or job shadowing or even a part-time job. We want them to see what it's like out there in the workforce and they get a sense of this is what I can do now but look at what I could do if I got a higher degree of any form or skills training. So we do encourage them to get the part-time job to feel what it's like um, at a minimum wage and to have a job like that um, if they're happy or if they can see where additional opportunities are. So that can be very eye-opening for them. Um, but we do have post-grad opportunities. Um, our local technical high school um, has a post-grad year for students to go to become electricians, carpenters, culinary artists, cosmetologists. So we have a small handful of students who go to that each year. It's state subsidized, so it only costs $500 to end up with a certificate in an, a, being an electrician or a carpenter. Um, and so it's really, it's, it's a great financial investment and a big return. Mm -hmm. um, 
So we always want to make sure when they leave us, they have plans for some form of skills training, a trade, a post-grad opportunity, so they are more employable with the opportunity to bring in a better income. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's kind of to start to wrap up here, it'd be like my final big question. So you're doing all this work, uh, you know, giving knowledge to different opportunities that, you know, your students after they graduate high school could uh, undertake and, you know, the ones that decide and get accepted and enroll at their choice uh, institution. You know, you're kind of sending them off uh, and, uh, you know, they're on their way there. You know, what do you hope, you know, those professionals that are working at those higher institutions, what do you hope they know? What do you hope they do? You know, what do they, what do they need to be doing perhaps, you know, mm-hmm. to adapt to these current uh, entering students that are starting their first years at uh, you know, institutions all over the country? Yeah, I think for students who are entering their freshman year in college, um, from the start, they need a lot of information about their major um, and other majors on campus and what those majors lead to, what kind of careers they lead to. I think the more informed they are about their choice of major, um, like I said about the return on investment, what their career opportunities are, that's key. Um, A lot of students think they're going to college for the four years and then need to worry about career, and so I think it's important for colleges to really emphasize that the purpose of that college education is to get to the career. So um, starting from freshman year, not junior year, senior year, starting from freshman year to put a lot of emphasis on um, choosing the right major to then reach the life goal that they want, which is the career, um, their cost of living, um, to make sure they have the right match for that. So I think having powerful internship programs um, at the university level is very important and to even have those start earlier on. I think the trend was to have internships happening during senior year, but I think um, getting shorter internship opportunities starting sophomore year is a good idea. Um, It builds a resume, but it also opens um, interest to the student of whether they're making the right choice or not. And and either either way is valuable information. Um, So I think Also another area, it's the rising concern, is anxiety. Um, It is the big issue that we see here at the high school. Students, the the percentage of students struggling with anxiety um, has risen incredibly, exponentially. And so those students are heading off to college um, struggling with that um, mental health condition. And so colleges need to be ready for that. And what I've seen is they are. They've increased access to um, mental health well-being counselors as well as stress reduction workshops. Um, They have the stress therapy dogs on campus. I've seen a lot of initiatives for that, so I think it needs to um, continue. Um, But also, I think the students need to be taught strategies, really time management strategies, um, some coping mechanisms to know that college, it's intense. The day you walk in that door, wherever you're going, your schedule is going to be full, 
your professors are going to have high expectations so it's not going to be lenient sometimes the high schools including ours can be guilty of enabling the students a little too much while they're here and so when they launch um, they may not have the, resi the resiliency that they require to really be successful in freshman year so I think it's important for colleges to have uh, and a lot of them do that freshman orientation um, right before school starts um, and focus a lot on the fact that a lot let the students know a lot of those safety nets are being removed like your parents are out of the equation now your guidance counselors not there at your beck and call anymore um, and sort of to immediately tighten up those skills of independence communication um, collaboration um, and definitely staying in touch with their professor. Don't let things fall through the cracks. Keep the email communication open. So really emphasizing communication to those students, um, checking the pulse of how they're doing, and as soon as they start to flail, to look for help. Mm -hmm. yeah. So to just you know have all of that information available to the students, students so they know where to go, what to do. Um, I think I'm finding the RAs in the dorms have a whole new uh, job description than when I was in college. Um, their job when I was in college was to keep the noise down during exam times and uh, if it was obvious a party was going on they were going to shut it down. The RAs now are actually mental health counselors. They are mediators for roommate disagreements. Um, they are well-trained communicators who also reach out to parents. It's it's incredible. So the level of responsibility for the RAs, I think, is one of the um, student affair professional responses. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, like the RAs being right there with their fellow students, they're you know, very, mm -hmm. you know, very much in the trenches, and yeah, we empower them uh, through mm -hmm. training to really be a, a great resource. That if they can't right. help with something, they can really sort of shepherd their students towards uh, the things that could help and um, exactly yeah uh, yeah it's really great and yeah I think all those things are you know I think are on the minds of uh, student affairs professionals but I think just a further reinforcement of like you know doubling down and making those things available and if not more available and uh, mm -hmm. ongoing because I think yeah don't say like hey make sure you manage your time well like all right that's the only time mm -hmm. we've talked about it ever like like really like kind of cultivate that uh, ongoing you know throughout the year you know the first year mm -hmm. when the students at at school I think it'd be uh, really helpful and then yeah I mean uh, all the career management uh, sort of support is really important as well and um, definitely uh, definitely getting the right major it's key planning for a successful career transition through internships key um, learning independence and resiliency that's the big thing because even if they have the right major they have the right career if we're not churning them out and launching them as independent thinkers with resiliency um, who can troubleshoot and solve their own problems that's where the problem would be so I do think a little um, extra work needs to go into that um, I think college does that it's a little bit of a slam to freshmen because they're not used to it um, and I think it's good so I do think that should continue um, rather than yielding and trying to make it a little more um, cushy for the students I'm not into that um, I think it is a powerful wake-up call um, for colleges to continue to just teach that independence, have those high expectations of the students, not take those calls from pushy parents. It's up to the student now. Mm 
Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's the most difficult challenge of the launch for students is realizing that all those safety nets are gone. Yeah. And I think it's okay. Uh, It's just a tough learning curve for them in freshman year. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because like you said, all the other pieces could be in place, and they could get derailed by just like a, you know, they're not coping well, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, make like a, a high risk decision, you know, that like because yeah. they're, they're super stressed out or something. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and their habit is to look to someone else to solve their problem because it's what they're used to. It's kind of what we do here. It's what their parents do. You've heard of the helicopter parents, very common. Um, and then suddenly they don't have that, so they have to look inward, and that's a learning journey. So I think that takes freshman year to kind of get through that learning journey. So any support from um, the student affairs professionals to help with that would be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I completely agree. Uh, so uh, yeah, I guess any other um, uh, any resources, any anything that comes to mind that maybe would help uh, further convey the points that you're making here, or. Uh, ways to, for folks to connect with you if uh, you know make yourself available after you know this episode keep the conversation going or yeah just any resources stuff we could uh, include down in the show notes yeah well I'm a definite resource I'd be happy to answer any questions or um, join another podcast um, if we want to go down the road on one of these topics in a in more in depth um, so definitely I'm available to that um, but Google research I, I just find there's so much out there when searching for colleges um, looking for the right colleges with the right programs so don't just go for the name brand college make sure it's a college that has the program you want and and that it's one of the best. Um, so the best that that student uh, can get to. Um, but to really focus on that, to make sure they have the programs they want and they're reputable. Um, so those are the resources. And then um, reaching out, networking, using social media, making connections with people in fields that they're interested in, um, and actually checking it out. The job shadows, uh, even if it's for four hours for one day, can change a student's life because they'll learn yes or no, and both answers are valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll end the episode here, uh, as we always do, and uh, just whatever final thought you'd like to end the episode with. Um, final thought, um, I think, is research. That's the main recommendation for this, um, is to be well-informed, well-researched, um, and in the entire scope of it all, students also have to follow their hearts because they're hearing from their guidance counselor, they're hearing from parents, they're getting all this information, they get overwhelmed. And I always tell the students to listen to their gut. That gut intuition it's life-changing. Um, I have very rarely heard of, of someone's gut being wrong. So I always say, listen to your gut and let's take it from there. So I think all the research in the world is powerful, but then listen to your intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a good sentiment. And uh, yeah, I've, I've, it was sort of very enlightening. I read it in like a random book of, uh, it's like the advice paradox that you could get as like as much information and advice as you, you know, want, you you know, get it all day long, uh, but you still have to like filter it or like you know, like you said, like listening to your gut, you would still you could get all this advice about where to go to college, mm-hmm. but then you still would have to be like, you know what, it just feels like this is the right choice. Like you still have yeah. to like filter it, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah, that was just really enlightening. Like, yeah, that is a good point. Because, like, yeah, people will tell you what to do. And, I mean, especially for something like college, like, that is a decision that you need to make for yourself. You can't just be like, well, mom, just choose the college for me and do everything for me. Or, you know, like, um, it's, it's something that you need to just uh, filter in all that stuff and still make your own, make your own decision, even uh, if you get, like, all the advice in the world. So, um, right. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, so I appreciate you, uh, Jennifer, taking some time out and sharing all that you did. Uh, great stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, it's a really cool, unique perspective on the work that our audience of uh, higher ed professionals do every day. So uh, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, just have a good rest of your day for me. All right. Thanks, Dustin. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.